Welcome to another episode of Pipeline Foods Into the Weeds podcast. I'm your host, Anders Gerda. We've got a good series of conversations here, so let's get right into it. It's spring, and like most springs, the rush is on. In some states, crops are already mostly in the ground, while preparations are underway to get rolling further north. This spring is also different than any we've ever experienced. We're in the middle of a pandemic, and COVID-19 has affected our lives in ways that we may only be beginning to understand. In this time of isolation and busyness, we wanted to do our part to support connection. So let's take a road trip to hear about how the season is shaping up for farmers around the country and to take the temperature, if you will, of how farm families and the communities they live in are reacting to COVID-19. This episode is one of seven in which we check in with growers from Missouri on up to Canada. So hop in, buckle up, and let's hit the road for this special spring 2020 series of Into the Weeds podcasts, Road Trip Edition. Cade McBroom is a farmer, small business owner, and former regional program representative for the Pipeline Foods Farm Profit Program. Many of you have seen Cade in our Going Organic video series or heard him in episode 5 of Into the Weeds first season. But just for a quick recap, Cade is a farmer in southeast Missouri who started his organic transition in 2018. But has he stayed the course? Today we find out. We'll check in about transition, the response to COVID-19 in Missouri, and how homeschooling is going for Cade's family, and hear how this season is moving along. We're here in the boot heel of Missouri, where spring is in full swing. Let's put it in park and visit with Mr. McBroom. Hey, Anders, how are you doing? Not bad, man. How are you doing? Ah, just don't get no better. (laughs) Good, good. Sorry I'm a little bit late. I just figured I could call you on Missouri time. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, can you hear me okay? I can hear you okay. Yeah, are you on speaker? Uh, Let me try a different way here. I don't want want you to break any any laws or wreck yourself. Is this this better? Oh, that sounds a lot better. Okay, well, it, we'll is, just roll this way. Then. Is that workable for you? Yeah, I live above the law, so <laughs> if, if I didn't, I'd be sitting in my house right now, I guess. <laughs> Are you driving 180 miles an hour right now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'd usually top out at 170 for safety reasons. That's fair, that's so, fair. Yeah. Because if, if you throw a beer out the window going 180, it could just come right back at you. But 170, you're fine? Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's science. <laughs> So how, how have things been going with you? How's, uh, how's COVID-19 treating you guys? Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing all right. You know, it's, it, it's a, it's a new normal. Sure. is what everyone else is saying, but we're, so we're both working from home, lost childcare. So we're having to hand more enough on the positive though. You know, you're not homeschooling. That's true. I know that our, our kids being home all the time and me not being home all the time. My wife is losing her mind some days. Yeah, so you got a, a gaggle of kids. How's uh, how's that affecting affecting your <laughs> personal life? Well, uh, you know they're they're out of school. Uh, two, one of them is 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 in pre K, and the other one is a first grader. Mm. And uh, so homeschooling has started for my wife, and and I think the first week one kid got lunch detention, another got suspended, and <laughs> and the teacher got got caught drinking on the job. So. <laughs> Uh, there definitely, there were definitely some struggles early on yeah. with that. I know, um, uh, fortunately that fell in my wife's department. Mm-hmm. So 
Uh, she has been handling that. I think now they're on a schedule and kind of got a routine down. So it's, it's been much, uh, much better. So, yeah, well, that's, 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 that's good to hear. I'm glad you guys are doing yeah. all right. And you have a strict disciplinarian principal <laughs> teacher guidance counselor in your way. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. You could say that. That's great. And so, so you're down in Missouri, meaning that you're probably a little bit further along as far as the season goes than most of the other folks that we've been talking to on this, this spring road trip that we're taking. Um, so could you just give us a, a little bit of a rundown of, of what you're working on and what things are looking like in your part of the world? So we actually had an extremely wet March. So for mm. us, usually we have a lot of field work done going into April. And this year in our community, I, I don't think anybody even got started until about oh, April 2nd or 3rd, which, mm-hmm. which has a lot of people nervous or did have. We had a really good week last week. And uh, I mean, a lot of work got done for a lot of folks, but uh, overall, I'd say we're still probably a little further behind than what we, what, what we normally like to be. Uh, we, we've got almost our entire corn crop planted. Mm-hmm. We've got about a day left. We got a rain on Monday. So Monday morning, I believe is when it was, but anyway, we got a rain. So we're out of the field right now, waiting on things to dry back up, but we almost finished corn and got a lot of rice ground at least prepped. So, so we caught, we kind of caught back up. I know some operations uh, farming some of the lower ground and stuff still a little behind. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so you mentioned rice ground, which is a little bit foreign to also a lot of the folks that are listening to the podcast. So can you just run us through your rotation, what, what you're growing and, and what that looks like for your markets? Usually we try to do around oh, a fourth of our crop in rice, a fourth of our crop in corn, and then a fourth or a half of our crop in soybeans. And depending on the fields, we'll typically rotate corn and soybeans, and then we'll also rotate rice and soybeans. So th- that's typically how we, how we try to do things. Okay. okay. So, so Cade, I, I know, and uh, people who have followed the Going Organic uh, video series know and the podcast that we had before that you started Organic Transition. And I'm curious how that's going. I, I know that there's been some, some shifts. I'm curious if you give us an update on that. Uh, yeah, so we uh, abandoned the organic uh, last year, mm-hmm. and I, I actually or, abandoned probably not the right word. We're we're taking a hiatus. Uh, there was a lot of learning, made a lot of mistakes, and uh, part of me just kind of wanted to start back from scratch again with with information. And then another part of it was there were two operations working out of kind of the same area. The, the other part of the operation, my dad, uh, you know, they were not exactly on board with the going organic and it was, it got very difficult for two of us to be trying to make decisions, Mm -hmm. uh, for the operation as a whole. And then something special or something extra over here, uh, was seen as, as a pretty big burden, especially to the ones who weren't, going to profit from it, I guess would be the way to, I I had several other projects going. And so I would have to leave a lot of times for extended periods of time. And and I'd be asking, asking them to take care of my organic ground while I was gone. And and it was, it was just, it was a burden uh, from a work standpoint and uh, I wasn't there. So that made it even more, it made it less appealing to them. The fact that I would be gone working, working on some other projects, but, uh, so yeah, I, I just kind of made the decision that we would put it on hold and come back with a fresh start in in a couple of years. 
another thing that happened in this uh, time frame was my dad uh, has retired for the most part. He's still mm-hmm. farming a little bit of ground, but he's retired. So now I've taken over the bulk of the operation right. and, and that timing to, to take on a new project at the same time that trying to get my bearings about me with, with farming um, more acres and taking over a lot more of the responsibilities. It kind of just, the timing seemed, seemed off. There are a lot of reasons that people either don't even entertain the idea of going organic or once they start that journey end up, uh, you know, turning around at least for the time being. And the, the most obvious that people point to are, you know, the weeds are just too bad or record keeping is just too, too onerous. There's too much work there, uh, or, financial, right? So that, that organic transition, I'm just going to lose too much money. So those are the obvious reasons that people think about, but more often than not from stories that I hear are one kind of a a constellation of things, you know, so there, there is a lot of reasons that you just laid out and those all make sense to me. And, you know, one of those reasons, and this is almost universal, it had to do with kind of intergenerational, maybe misalignment is, is a way to say that there's, there's a lot of sons and daughters coming up that, don't necessarily see eye to eye in, in one way with their with their parents, and that's having to do with organics, and and that that can be uh, that can be tense, and that there there's some kind of social tension there is maybe a sociological way to put it, but um, you know it's it's oftentimes way beyond just those e- easy to identify little financials or weeds. You know, there's there's a lot more going on, and a lot of that can be interpersonal as well. I mean, a lot of it to me since I was. I was gone sometimes, you know, there was a lot of guilt in asking them to do extra work and I was right, right. off traveling or, or doing something else. So, so that, that weighed a lot into it as well. Yeah, and that makes sense. And then of course, every time I'm riding around with my dad and we drive by one of those organic fields, there's, there's definitely always a comment of how much better it looks on the other side of the roads. So right. there, there are just little things like that. And, and we laugh about it more than anything, but after a while it, it it just became became something that was always there, always in conversations. Wears on you a little bit. Yep, that that makes sense. So you you mentioned some of the the mistakes that you made. I'm I'm curious if you're if you're up for maybe letting us know what what you did that you wouldn't do again, or what lessons you learned going through that process. Yeah. So lesson number one is if you know you're going to have to do a lot of traveling. Uh, I definitely would not encourage you to do organic the same year that you think you're going to have to, to travel That's with, fair. Uh, mm-hmm. for other things. Yeah. Definitely need to be there every day at least to check on, or almost every day to check on things. Another is I, I tried to go with soybean, soybean rotation on one of my fields. I would not recommend that. I could have sworn someone told you that maybe wasn't a good idea. Yeah, no, I, I definitely heard that, but <laughs> mentally I could not. I, I guess psychologically or emotionally, I could not bring myself uh, to cover crop it and lay it out. I got gotcha. you. So, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if, if I were going to, so we don't do wheat and I would like to incorporate a wheat into the organic side whenever I go back to it. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a, a setup that we haven't used in years and definitely want to be more prepared to come in and do those types of things. Right. And, uh, but, but time management, would be a big one as well as uh, 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 rotating or even laying out the field that was going to go organic. So, and, and outside of that, there's just a lot of ways to organize your paperwork that that I wasn't doing a real great job of. Mm-hmm. Whenever it came time to 
to go through that. I didn't keep near as near as good of records as I thought I was. So, you know, that, and there's a lot of details to that and what kind of folder to keep it in and, mm-hmm. and how to organize it. So yep. some of the simple things like that, that you think are going to be simple, you know, there's no teacher like experience, I guess. So, yeah, well said. Now we're actually going to have a podcast coming up here in a few weeks with a certifier inspector to give us some of those best practices in record keeping. So we'll be, we'll be yeah. diving deep into that. Yeah. I'll be sure to check that out, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Great for for a couple of years from now when you when yeah, you get back exactly. All right, so so getting getting back to to coronavirus uh, a little bit. You talked a little bit about how it's affecting your family, right? So homeschooling and maybe it's affecting your your wife more more than it's affecting you. Um, I'm curious if you can give us just a, a little bit of a insight, a periscope into your community in Missouri. So we we've heard from South Dakota to Illinois to Indiana. Uh, Nebraska, how it's affecting folks. What What's the virus looking like down by you? How's it affecting your community? Is it something that people are talking about? Are people getting sick near you? What What's What's in your in your part of the world down there? What's it looking like? We're We're much more rural. I think we have about sixteen thousand people in our entire county. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've had somewhere around twelve uh, confirmed cases, but. I would say, based on what I'm seeing on the news, it's much more relaxed than you would see there. Um, now, there are a lot of precautions being taken. So at the parts store, uh, it's roped off six feet from the counter, and, and you just kind of have to talk in open space there. A lot of people are putting plexiglass around the counters because, mm-hmm. you know, we still have to have our our seed and our, our, our parts and things like that. So, uh, But there are a lot of precautions being taken. I'm going to say that the majority of folks around here are over it, done, a little upset that things haven't gone back to normal yet. Right. Uh, not not quite as uh, fearful as a lot of places, but, you know, that that's to be expected. Staying six feet away from people in southeast Missouri is typically not that hard to do because it's just not as densely populated. So right. Um, right. the best I've heard it kind of described for us down here is it's like a poisonous snake you you need to respect it but that doesn't mean you have to fear it like it can be beaten and but but you need to use the proper tools to do that and not wits about you yeah not be stupid about it just respect it more than you fear it that's that's perfect i think that's a perfect metaphor i like i like that a lot and in, in so, the in the city, it's a it's a little bit different because it is a poisonous snake, but you're kind of like in a snake nest, you know. Every, everywhere yes. you go, chances are That's that someone true. could be infected. This was probably about a month ago at this point when things were just getting real, but you weren't quite believing it yet. Uh, I took my two year old daughter uh, grocery shopping, which at this point just sounds like. What are you doing, man? Yeah, why why would yeah. you do that? But this was this was probably about five days before things were even getting serious. So I kind of thought like, okay, mm-hmm. we're just in stock up time. So we went to a grocery store uh, and shopped and came home. And about 24 hours later, I was looking at some local news and that grocery store was closed because an employee had tested positive for COVID. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> so that... That uh, that wow. made that made it pretty real for me pretty quick, having uh, you know, potential exposure. And we have a friend who works at that grocery store who had uh, come over to us, and I think hugged my daughter. And so if that if the infected oh. employee had worked with our friend, and then that friend worked with us, like that's just that's one degree of separation, you know, from from a yeah. positive. And I have a pregnant wife at home, right? So we're 
we're yeah. being much more careful than we would be otherwise. And that, that your snake metaphor, I was like, Ooh, I, I saw that snake. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm yeah, you a, were a little bit more wary. Yeah. We have started, I'm the only one who does the grocery shopping, you know, which the first time I went into Kroger, because that's typically been what my wife has done. Mm-hmm. It was like, somebody stopped and asked me if I knew where popcorn was. I said, dude, I've been in here for two hours trying to find this list. Like <laughs> I have no idea where anything's at. Yeah. I, I made a, I must've walked three miles around that Kroger trying to, trying to figure out which aisle had one. But, I can relate. There's a lot of lost husbands out there that are probably still just like sleeping in grocery store aisles. <laughs> yeah. Know, I, yeah. There. <laughs> there's, there's, you know, the, the posters with people's faces in the store. <laughs> have you seen this man? went to grocery store six days ago when it came time to volunteer for grocery shopping if one of us has to be quarantined away from the children for 14 days it's not going to be her (laughs) i would not survive but i would watch a reality television with you quarantined with your kids yeah no she i'm going to be the one that goes to stay in a in a different house for for 14 days if something (laughs) happens so overall i think people are kind of over it and ready to ready to move forward whether that's the right move or not that's the general consensus that i get talking with folks right and that's the same conversation playing out nationally too right between presidents and governors and between governors themselves and business owners and health professionals it's it's a it's a it's a question and there isn't a right answer you know there's 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 good good arguments on both sides got to open businesses up got to make sure people stay healthy um, and you know, I, I'm not even sure where I lie. I'm just still, still listening, but it is interesting how different it is in different regions as well. So we were talking to a grower in, uh, or we will be talking to a grower in South Dakota. I think I'll be starting with you. Probably we're starting South on this road trip. Um, so we'll be hearing from a grower in South Dakota in a little bit here on this podcast who actually lost a neighbor to coronavirus. Really? Yeah. In, in relatively rural South Dakota, it's just Sioux Falls and the area wow. around there was kind of a hot spot. There was a, a pork processing plant Smithfield that had 200 plus employees test positive and they shut that, yeah. that plant down. And that was, that was in his neighborhood. And so it's, it's, it may be one of those things who knows that it seems like it's far off until it's not, you know? Right. And it's, it's unpredictable. There's some, some pockets of the country. I'm sure it'll, it'll never really hit, you know? And, Sometimes you may get lucky, you may not, but that, that kind of sobered me up a little bit. That was, that was just one step removed from someone actually losing a life over it. And that, that changed the, changed the idea for me a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And I, I'm, uh, so I'm certain he's going to have a different opinion than most of the folks down here. I, I mean, I don't really know how I feel about any of it, to be honest. I, one, I don't feel like there's anywhere to go and get really good, accurate information about it. <laughs> nope. Nah, um, no one has it. And uh, it's it's pretty unprecedented for for us anyway. So, you know, I don't really know how I feel about it. I guess I'll just trust the professionals and keep doing my thing. It hasn't affected, you know, my my job that much. So, you know, both my brothers are in education. So I've had two free tractor drivers. We've had about a third of the traffic getting our equipment around. Like the co- this COVID nineteen thing's actually personally been pretty good for our operation. <laughs> <laughs> I want to preface that by saying that I, I would gladly pay for the two tractor drivers and deal with more equipment or more people on the road if it if it meant everybody was healthy and safe. Right. But right. if you're looking for a silver lining, that that would be it. Yeah. So as, as you're saying, you know, it, it's affecting people differently. But I I have seen some 
uh, charts and graphs and predictions that it, it is a likely going to affect and is already affecting commodity markets. So do you, do you see it affecting your markets or the contracts that you're assuming you're going to be getting this fall? And are there, are there kind of things you're doing or systems you're putting in place to try to alleviate any stressors that that might cause? You know, every year the markets are kind of, you're not, there's a lot of uncertainty in it and, and it's no different. I mean, the markets, my opinion, were kind of crap before this happened. So, True. uh, the rice market seems to be pretty strong right now, so oh, we're going to be trying to we're going to be trying to to get some contracts in place and and sell a large portion of our crop early while the prices are where we know uh, it works out. But corn and soybeans, we typically like to try to sell a, a, a third, a third, a third of what we think we're going to have with plenty of uh, of a safety net there. So we'll probably continue to do it the same way and just trust the system i guess so right and uh, if, if it makes you feel any better organic corn prices are not amazing this year oh really yeah yeah well, they're, that's good because that's what i would have had yeah so. I, I know so they're they're <laughs> they're about depending on where you are they're hovering between seven and eight or so which oh. which is still you know not it, it could be worse most definitely and it's still higher than conventional but but that sound is the sound that that everyone is collectively making right now yeah. Yeah. Soybeans are looking really good. Uh, actually, they're stronger than they've been in a couple of years. Um, but, but corn, corn is not, not as strong. So just, uh, yeah. if, if you, if you regret that you're feeling just to temper that a little bit. Well, good. Thanks for making me feel better. You got it. You got it. Cool. Yeah. All, right. all right, man. Well, I don't want to take much more of your time. I want to ask just one last question and that's how I'm ending all these conversations is what are you feeling most excited about? Uh, for this coming year, a new tool, a new technique, something something new you're trying. What are you feeling stoked about? So we have actually increased the amount of group three beans that we are doing hmm. uh, for to cut them earlier. We we had a success on a on a pretty small scale last year doing this, and we've increased that. And I'm excited about getting that in there. And then usually in the past we would have came in and completely reworked the field in the spring to, to get it ready for corn corn and bean rotation will be rehipping the beds in the fall, hopefully cutting them in August. It'll still be dry and, and we can minimize our tillage with one pass and then have it ready to plant come next spring. So, yeah. so implementing some, obviously with the markets, the way they've been for agriculture, conventional agriculture, in the past few years, we've been looking for ways to cut passes and, and, reduce our fuel use and the amount of labor it takes. And I'm excited to see how this works out. We always no-till our soybeans back into our old corn stalks. So, mm -hmm. you know, this plan will, we think, help ensure that we can get the crop out while it's still fairly dry and longer days uh, in August to September and then move on and have some, some drier times and make less ruts like we normally would do in November. So yeah, we're excited. I'm excited to see how that works out. We bought a, a couple of uh, new tools to help help do a better job with our shaping our, our water furrows, mm -hmm. as you as you remind me to call it instead of water furs. <laughs> but <laughs> like water furs has grown on me. I feel like I know what I'm talking about when I say water furs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> down here in, in the south, you know, the, the water furs matter. So now, now we are. We uh, we think these new tools are really going to help us do a better job of that and, nice. and decrease the amount of passes we have to make. So that's great. So cost savings yeah. as well as reducing tillage sounds like a, a win win. Yep. So that's great. Excited. That's great. 
you'll have to check back with me next year and, and I'll let you know how it works. So. You got it. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do a, a one year out, check back in. So I know that you spend a lot of time on the road. We talked about traveling a lot. Uh, and I'm wondering if you could send us out with uh, maybe a song that, that you've been listening to. What's your go-to? What do you load up when you, uh, when you get into your truck and you're going to hit the road? I have been listening to Red Dirt on Pandora. So I had Tyler Childers playing right before you called. So. All right. Well, we'll try to, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully, we'll court a court case and uh, maybe play him out. Hopefully he doesn't sue us. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot for taking the time, man. Always good to catch up. Yep. Thank you. So we can't actually play Tyler Childers on the podcast, but we can play music that sounds a little like his. So here's some off-brand Tyler Childers. Be well and stay safe out there. You can find Pipeline Foods Podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast provided by, you guessed it, Pipeline Foods. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast, get in touch. We'd love to share your story with our listeners. 